Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Logic Podcast. Happy New Year 2024. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. This is our Liberty Devotional running throughout the month of January 2024. For some of us supporting our prayer and fasting exploits in this season, even as I know that on Body of Christ wide, this is a season of concentrated priesthood in terms of prayer. And the Liberty Devotional is an exciting opportunity for us to strengthen our spirits, renew our commitment to God and to make great impact. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you and then I'll talk to you about uh, some vital things in the word of God. Romans chapter 8 from verses 19 to 21. Romans 8, 19 to 21. I'll be reading from the King James Version, but of course, please find a version that uh, that's simple enough for you. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. I also want us to look at it in the ESV because um, that would also uh, make it simple for us. In, uh, In the ESV, Now, see what the word says. It says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of of the glory of the children of God. Now, there's some important things that will be vital for um, some of you to to listen to. We've done some teachings uh, at the beginning of the year, coming from Crossover, really um, right into uh, the recent uh, gathering we had um, at Gough Church uh, in Ken and uh, it, it was uh, Kingdom Encounter Weekend, and we've laid some very vital foundations, which I think will be good for uh, uh, you to to also build on. And of course, uh, some of you may not have seen that, so we'll put some uh, links in the description, and uh, we'll, we'll update those links as we have those resources ready. But I wanted to touch on some important things here because uh, th- there's a real emphasis. Um, by the Spirit of God uh, in this season. And that, that emphasis is on the subject of liberty and also on the subject of the glory of God. And in Romans chapter 8, as Paul begins to break down uh, the, the idea, the concept of what it means to be uh, sons of God, he takes a moment to highlight something that I think is very vital, especially for everyday Christian living. He starts by saying in verse 18, he says, 
I consider that the sufferings of these present times are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in us. And, and Paul wanted the church to know um, that, you know, the, the glory of God is, is abundant. The glory of God is limitless. The glory of God is boundless. That the glory of God is rich. See that? And so, in, in, in helping the church understand that, one of the things that Paul did was to use, and some of you would have heard me say this, you know, recently in my teachings, was to use this, this, this term, glory or glorious. You begin to see Paul in his writings using that word glory a lot. All right. But in a, the other part here in Romans chapter 8 is that he combines these two, glorious liberty. Paul says that what the sons of God, what we possess, is what is called glorious liberty. In other words, in the new covenant that is in Christ Jesus, the believer has an inheritance and it is that inheritance is freedom. What is this glorious liberty? The glorious liberty that we have as the sons of God, right, is deliverance from corruption. Is deliverance from corruption. Is deliverance from decay. Let me show you something in Second Peter chapter 1, okay? Because these are important scriptures that we want to build on. And, and I'm just laying some crucial foundations in this first few episodes. Okay, let's look at Second Peter chapter 1 and we'll read from verse 2. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 2. It says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. It says, His divine power has given to us, granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence, by, whom, uh, by which he has granted us his precious and very great promises, so that by through them we may become partakers of the divine nature. You see, that's, this is Peter here now talking. See, in Romans 8, Paul is talking about us being sons of God. We might as well say that here, Peter, referring to partakers of, of the divine nature, is also speaking about sonship. And look at what Peter says here. He says, so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So you see, Paul in Romans chapter 8, okay, he talks about, deliverance from corruption all right in second peter chapter one peter tells us that we have escaped from the corruption that is in the world through sin sin you see when when adam i i don't necessarily want to label you know all of these things this is why i said um it's important to go back over some of the messages we've brought out early this year vital so you can get the framework but the key thing here is that you know, when Adam sinned, when, when we, we sinned through Adam before we came to Christ, all right, um, sin brought in something called corruption, okay? And, and corruption essentially 
is 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 decay it's it's that's that's the best way to put it corruption essentially introduces that's why another word for corruption will be death okay it introduces decay and and scripture shows us that uh, uh, decay was introduced and corruption was introduced even into creation all right but when anyone turns to christ they have escaped the corruption that is in the world. And Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 that we have, as sons of God, we have this glorious liberty. We are now free from the corruption that's in the world. And of course, it's not just that we have escaped the corruption that's in the world. It's the fact that we have now become sons of God, now possessing the life of God, which is eternal in quality. Now, there's a lot to learn about that. But the key thing I wanted to label here is Paul says in Romans chapter 8 that this is called the glorious liberty of the children of God. And when you study Paul's writings, he started to use this word glory a lot. He started to use this word glory. He used that word so much to describe the believer's life. I'm going to just quickly uh, talk about this glorious liberty, deliverance from decay, deliverance from corruption. It is the inheritance of the believer in Christ. It is present within the new covenant that is in Christ Jesus. So I want to move quickly to this and we'll break down this, this inheritance. We'll break it down over the course of these teachings. But I want to move quickly to this. This glorious liberty. What does it look like? How do we partake of this glorious liberty? 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, I, wanna, I want to emphasize this again because repetition allows things to stick. You might receive something in your head or I might receive something in my head, but it needs to go down into my heart. That is where the word of God essentially takes root and begins to bring forth fruit. Now, remember this, Paul emphasizes that the believer, the sons of God, we have something called the glorious liberty of the children of God. And here in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, he's showing us again that when the Holy Spirit dwells in a person, that there is freedom. So that means freedom or liberty is the norm of the believer. The believer is not created to be in bondage to anything. The believer is, that's why it's, it's, it's a glorious freedom. That's why it's glorious. <laughs> it's glorious not because we are supposed to be free for some th from some things then we're not free from some other things. No, we are free from everything. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. And that reason is because we have become partakers of the divine nature. We are sharing in the life and the nature of God. There is so much to be said about that. Okay, so 
This glorious liberty. Paul is telling us now in 2 Corinthians 3 how to operate in this glorious liberty. And he tells us, he says in verse 18, he says, And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are transformed. That is the key. That is the key. The liberty is not up for discussion. The freedom is not up for discussion. Now, I'm saying this because sometimes as believers, we can, you know, mix up our theology because of our experiences or because of someone's teaching or some tradition. Maybe, you know, we're supposed to experience God in this way, but in, in some other place, there's meant to be this struggle. And I want to tell you something, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty is non-negotiable in any form, but it's now how do I walk in this inheritance of uh, this glorious inheritance of liberty? Well, Paul tells us, he says, we are with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord. That is the only requirement (laughs) <laughs> that is the only requirement, if I may say, because beholding includes a lot. Okay? That is the main requirement, if not the only requirement, again, because beholding includes a lot. We'll break that. All right. That allows us to partake. All right. We, we can uh, look at 2 Corinthians 3 some more. And in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul takes time to explain to us what happened when Moses went to receive the old covenant? What happened was, as he, exp- as he dialogued with God, the Bible says that his face shone so much that the children of Israel could not look at his face. And Paul likens this experience to uh, what it means to be in Christ, but how bit it's slightly different. This is what he means when he says, we all with unveiled faces, we behold the glory of the Lord. The, the, the metaphor, there, the idea there is that, spiritually speaking, the face of the believer in the New Testament is their heart. As Moses, you know, experienced God when he, when he went to receive the covenant, the believer also is designed to experience God. All right. And in that experience with God, something happens called, that's called transformation. That's called transformation. And so the key here to walking in this glorious liberty is beholding. Is beholding. That is the key. And that is what I really want to um, you know, share with us you know, in the course of this devotional. It's, it's how we behold. See, I had to bring this framework again so that we can understand exactly what's required of us. It's beholding, right? The liberty is there, but the responsibility of the believer is to behold. And we're going to be breaking down what it means to behold and what we need to behold. I want us to turn to James chapter 1. From verses 22 to 25. I want to show you something that James said uh, about beholding. He says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, 
and once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into, now look at what he calls, what he says here. The one who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Wow. The perfect law of liberty and perseveres. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer will act. He will be blessed in his doing. Right. He compares, right, um, doing the word of God to looking into the mirror. And, and he says the mirror there is the perfect law of liberty. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. This, I can say, is really the requirement for what it takes to walk in liberty as an inheritance. God is saying that it's really about beholding. It's really about what we focus on. It's really about what we focus on. So we want to learn what it means to behold and to simplify because I want to try and make sure that this is sizable enough, okay, for us to, um, you know, over time just, you know, digest it. And please make notes, take notes, go over the scriptures, write your own. I'm only, you know, inspiring your study. Write the things God says to you as you study them. So what, what does it mean to behold? Let's, 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 let's look at that. Now, I, I simplify it this way that beholding means meditating right beholding means meditating and we're going to be breaking this down over the next few uh, episodes as we run across the month to behold is to meditate is to meditate that's that's very very important all right it's to meditate and, and, and you know what the word of god says um the word of god says that whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are pure he says if there is any praise uh, he says think on these things whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are pure right he says if there be any praise think on these things if there be any praise Think on these things. To behold is to meditate. To behold is to meditate on the word of God. Is to meditate on the finished works of Christ. Is to meditate on that which Jesus has done. And the word of God says that when we do that, something happens that's called transformation. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says... When we behold, it says we are changed. <laughs> when we behold, it's the secret. And, and that word transformation, um, I, 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 I want us to understand the, uh, how weighty that word, that word is. All right. It, it, it's, it's, it's the word metamorphosis. Right. It, it literally means to change form. It literally means to change version. Okay, it's it's it, metamorphosis in in the in the sense of how you know a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Yeah, it means to change form. It means to it means to be transfigured. Right. So that means there are higher versions, <laughs> if I could put it that way, higher versions of of, of superior versions of who we are in Christ that we step into. When we start beholding, that's why. And 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 what Paul says is, he says, you say, he says that we go from 
glory to glory. That's it. So when we, when we behold, when we meditate, all right, we are changed. And we go from one glory to another form, one level of glory or one form of glory to another form of glory. The way I can explain it to you is this. Okay, got a few minutes because I, I want to, you know, keep this within, <laughs> uh, within, within a, a time limit. The way that I can explain it to you is this, is it's like, remember when Jesus was praying and the Bible says that, you know, Jesus, whilst he was praying, the Bible says that his very appearance started to change. He started to glow. He started to shine. He was transfigured. That, that's it. That's essentially what it is. Now, we may not see with our eyes every time, but that sure is what's happening in our spirit every time we behold. We behold the perfect law of liberty. The child of God has endless freedom in Christ. It just becomes a case of how much of it do we want to walk in? Wow, there's so much to share. There's so much to break down because um, the next episode I'll be talking about, you know, meditation, beholding. So I want to simplify it. And the benefits of beholding, the benefits of meditating. It's really about now we have the freedom in Christ. Now, it's, it's, it's not negotiable, but it would amaze you how we wouldn't walk in it if we don't behold, if we don't meditate on it intentionally. Just that secret of meditating on the glory of God as revealed in the gospel can transform your 2024. will transform your 2024. you think it's something else you've been doing. No, when we get this secret and we learn to behold and we learn to meditate, wow, it will transform us. Meditation is powerful. Medita meditation, especially exclusively on the Word of God, particularly on the finished works of Christ. There are so many benefits. And the Bible says this. It says, that we all with open face. We have this glorious inheritance. We have this glorious liberty. But we would not realize how much we are uh, hindered from walking in it. Not because of any other thing, but the fact that we are not fixated on it. Well, I'm going to stop here for, for today. And the next episode, I'll be talking to you a lot more about beholding the glory of God. Right? This is the Liberty Devotional. And, and we have this glorious liberty. We've been delivered from decay. We've been delivered from destruction, delivered from corruption. We have a transcendent life, a transcendent glory. But it depends on how much we dedicate our time to beholding the glory of God as in the mirror, which is the word of God. Well, God bless you. I look forward to seeing you on the next part. And looking forward to your testimony so write notes write important notes this is why i'm releasing this not you know not every day i'm releasing it to give you time write notes build on this study this some more and let's get asking some important questions god bless you and uh see you soon <music>